Hi there, this is Kevin Patton with a brief audio introduction to episode number 36 of the AMP Professor podcast, also known as TAP Radio, an audio dance party for teachers of human anatomy and physiology. In episode 36, we're going to have some feedback and a couple of questions from listener Adam Rich about online testing in AMP. And we discuss whether scientists have discovered a new kind of blood vessel in bones. And it's the first anniversary episode of this podcast. Can you believe it? So I'm going to review a list of some of the big ideas of the first year of TAP Radio. Well, I have a couple of word dissections, as usual. And there are two very different terms we're going to look at today. The first one is podcast, and I selected that term because, well, we're leading up to the first anniversary episode of this podcast. So let's take a look at the word podcast. And that term is just like most of the anatomy and physiology terms and medical terms that we've looked at already as we do word dissections. That is, it's made up of a couple of word parts that are smushed together to form a single term. So the first word part is pod, and that refers to the iPod, which is a device made by Apple. And as a matter of fact, that's a registered trademark owned by Apple, the iPod, which is a portable device for downloading and then later listening to music or other audio files. And so that's where the pod comes from. And then the cast part of the word broadcast is broken off from the term broadcast. So if you put that together, podcast literally means a broadcast over an iPod. But here, iPod is used generically, uh, probably much to the chagrin of the folks at Apple who like to protect their trademarks. It is now being used generically. So it's when you distribute things to be used on other devices, whether it's an iPod, literally, or some other kind of device. Doesn't matter. Could even be a PC or something like that that's not a portable device. So we're downloading audio files from the internet. And this was first proposed as a term back in 2004. Uh, Actually, it was February 2004 when the journalist Ben Hammersley, who is a British journalist living and working in London, was writing an article for the Guardian newspaper. And as he was padding out that article, um, he kind of thought about this idea that, you know, maybe we need a name for this this sort of new phenomenon of downloading audio files and listening to them on the run or later or whatever. And he proposed the term podcast. Now, there's another similar term that is sometimes used, but not nearly as much, and that is netcast, which pretty much means um, the same thing, except instead of pod, we use net, which is just a, a piece of the term Internet. So that would be internet broadcasting. Podcasting really is also internet broadcasting because that's how you're getting your audio file generally is from the internet, uh, usually from some kind of a, a data feed that's coming across the internet. So that's our term podcast. The second term that I want to dissect is a newly proposed Latin phrase, which is in FIMO. That's two words, I-N and then F-I-M-O. 
infimo is meant to sort of go in the same basket as the commonly used terms in vivo and in vitro. So let's look at those quickly first to kind of set the stage for in vivo. In vivo is a Latin phrase used commonly in English that means in life. Vivo means life and in means in. So in vivo means in life and is used to refer to uh, a scientific observation or measurement in a living organism. In vitro, on the other hand, means in glass. Vitro meaning glass. So here it's used metaphorically to refer to an observation or experimental measurement in a laboratory situation. It doesn't literally have to be in a glass dish or flask or test tube or something. It just means, you know, out of the body and in an experimental isolated situation. So swinging back around to this newly proposed term, in FEMO, that literally means in excrement or in manure or in feces. Feces being used the way we would normally use that in human anatomy and physiology. And the term has been proposed to refer to uh, when measurements are made or observations are made in feces that are examined scientifically. It comes from the Latin word, femus, which is one of many Latin words for excrement. So why did they choose this Latin word in particular? Well, the authors of the um, recent article that is proposing this term suggest that it's the most technically accurate in terms of the actual meaning and usage of the Latin word, femus for what in AMP we would call feces. Another argument they make is that it's used that way in a lot of literary examples. Uh, some famous names that you would recognize, like Virgil and so on, apparently used the term when he was referring to feces. And so they claim that it has a more literary ring, so why not use that one? Now the question is, why not in fico, based on the term feces. Well, the authors point out that that's not technically accurate because the Latin translation of feces is the dregs of a wine cask or, you know, the gunk on the bottom of any kind of storage vessel. So it's not literally dung or manure or excrement. It's, I mean, still you know, stinky stuff, but they claim it's not as technically accurate for that reason. Also, if you did go with feces, then in fico really wouldn't work because it's not grammatical in Latin. It would have to be in feci, which, you know, everybody's going to mess up, <laughs> or at least Kevin's going to mess it up a lot. <laughs> but in fimo, I mean, that's really pretty easy to remember, and you're not likely to mistakenly add an S at the end or something like that. Now, another question is, why not just use the term ex vivo, which is a currently used term, not used as frequently as in vivo or in vitro, but ex vivo means out of the living body. But that could refer to any material that leaves the body. So not just feces, but it could refer to urine or sebum 
or sweat or any one of a number of other materials. So if you really want a term that is specific to feces, and you know, we're doing a lot more studies in feces these days looking at the human microbiome. And so, you know, this term, I guess, is needed in those areas of research. So if you want to know more, then I do have a link in the show notes and the episode page. This preview episode is sponsored by HAPS, the Human Anatomy and Physiology Society, promoting excellence in the teaching of human anatomy and physiology for over 30 years. Early bird registration for the annual conference in Portland, Oregon is closing in mid-February as our presentation proposals. I'm all signed up and ready to go. How about you? Go visit HAPS at theapprofessor.org slash HAPS. I have two recommendations for the A&P Professor Book Club this time, and these are books that have been mentioned, at least briefly, in way past episodes over the course of the last year. But back then, we didn't do the preview episodes, so I wasn't giving book club recommendations per se. So now's a good time to go back and catch up on those. The first one is a book called The Anatomist by Bill Hayes. You know, the classic medical text known as Gray's Anatomy is one of the most famous books ever created, and it's well known to most A&P teachers, I think. Many of you are familiar with editions from the mid-1800s, commonly available on those special discount tables in bookstores, you know, the ones that are really nice books, but they're very deeply discounted. You see that a lot. And um, you'll see... uh, excerpts from the original, or at least one of the early editions of Gray's Anatomy, in the form of excerpts and um, illustrations that are found all over the internet. But Gray's Anatomy is still in print. Of course, the current edition of it is updated and greatly expanded from those early editions. Oh, and by the way, the Gray in Gray's Anatomy refers to Henry Gray, who's responsible for getting that first edition up and running. And his name is spelled G-R-A-Y. If you search on the web for Gray's Anatomy, that is Gray's Anatomy with a G-R-E-Y, then you know what you'll get instead, right? (laughs) The TV series. Of course, the name of the TV series is an intentional play on the title of the famous anatomy text. But it instead uses the name of the lead character, Meredith Gray, and her name is spelled G-R-E-Y. So it's an intentional trick, but it really messes up your Google search sometimes when you're looking for the original Gray's Anatomy. In his book, The Anatomist, Bill Hayes tells the story of both the author and the illustrator of Gray's Anatomy while providing a dissector's view into the ingenuity of the human body. It's a story that many AMP teachers will enjoy and find that it deepens your appreciation of anatomical illustration in general. It certainly will give context and background that can be shared with AMP students. I was most fascinated with the story of Henry Van Dyke Carter, the illustrator of Gray's Anatomy. 
That story gave me even greater appreciation of the amazing quality and accuracy of the images in the original book. I really won't ever look at one of those illustrations the same way again after reading it. This book's been around a while, but it's a timeless story, and it does not lose its value. You may want to listen to episode 29 of the AMP Professor podcast for my conversation with Aaron Fried, in which he discusses this book in the context of human body donors and anatomical illustrations made from human specimens. The second book that I want to recommend is called Internet Surf and Turf Revealed, The Essential Guide to Copyright, Fair Use, and Finding Media. And the authors are Barbara Waxer, whose name you might recognize, and Marsha Baum. I recommend this book because you want to make sure that you and your students understand whose turf they're on when they surf the internet for media. It's really a one-of-a-kind book, and it provides important, easy-to-understand information on copyright laws and the fair use doctrine as they relate to internet media. You and your students will also learn how to search for public domain media. Over the years, I've used this book time and again to make sure I'm doing things properly and to help my own students develop the skills that they need that are informed by academic integrity. This book has been around for a while. Well, (laughs) not nearly as long as Grey's Anatomy, but the lessons in Internet Surf and Turf Revealed also remain valuable. Hey, why don't you listen to episode 28 of the AMP Professor podcast for my conversation with author Barbara Waxer, in which she answers questions about using media such as illustrations, videos, and other content specifically in AMP courses. And after you listen, send me some more questions you have about staying on solid ground with proper use of media in your course. I'd love to have another chat with my longtime friend Barbara Waxer on a future episode. And we need to know what you need to know. So call in, write. A searchable transcript and a captioned audiogram of this preview episode are funded by AAA, the American Association of Anatomists, at anatomy.org. Don't forget, if you're a member of HAPS, you're eligible for a special, and I do mean special, membership deal in AAA. Tell them Kevin sent you, okay? This is Kevin Patton signing off for now and reminding you to keep your questions, comments, and favorite recipes coming. Why not call the podcast hotline right now at 1-833-LION-DEN. That's 1-833-546-6336. Or visit us at theapprofessor.org. See you next time.